0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church, and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We are going to have a great time this morning. I just sense it in my waters, if that's the thing. I just sense it. It's just going to be a great morning. I said, guys, I don't want a good morning, I want a God morning. Maybe it's because I've been away from church for a week and had a great time just really doing nothing. You know, For me, holidays are a time of recreating. It's, a, it's about not keeping yourself busy, but it's about actually doing very little and just getting refreshed. Did anyone have a holiday that actually refreshed them? Did someone have a holiday that just wore themselves out? <laughs> that can happen too. But the best kind of holiday is the time that we get rested. It's a time where we get recharged and refreshed. Recreation is about being recreated. It's it's about where we come and say, hey, look, last year's been and gone. I've had a rest and and I'm ready to go again. And that's why we've come around this series called Selah because it's in keeping with the holiday season. It's a time where we just take a pause, take some time out and think and reflect upon those things that matter to us most. And so our new series is simply entitled Selah, Summer in the Psalms. Everyone say Summer in the Psalms. For the uneducated and those who are not familiar with church life or Bible terminology, Psalms is simply a book that's found in the Old Testament. It has 150 chapters and we're going to look at one of those chapters today. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me or alternatively, you can look onto the screen. We're going to read two verses initially from the book of Psalms 103. Psalm 103. Psalm 103, reading from verse 1, simply says this. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise His holy name. Verse 2 says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not His benefits. You know, right throughout the Old Testament, including the New Testament, praise is commanded. Praise is encouraged. We as God's people are encouraged to lift up our voice and to praise the Lord with all of our mind, with all of our body, with all of our soul. In other words, praise is a priority. Say it with me. Praise is a priority. It is, it's a priority. And that's what we're gonna be addressing this morning, this issue and subject of praise. You see, in the Old Testament, there were three basic words that the Israelites used to describe praise. The first one is halal, which simply means to praise the Lord. The second is yada, which means to give thanks. And the third one is barak, which means to bless Him. In other words, essentially, praising God means to thank God. Praising God is the time we take out of our busy schedules to stop, reflect, have a sila moment and thank God for all the incredible things that He has done in our lives. And I promise you this, God has done some incredible things in my life and He's done some incredible things in the life of this church and He's done some incredible things in the lives of individuals of this church. It means to praise God, to thank God. And when we thank God, something powerful happens. And this is what I want to tap into this morning. When we praise God, we actually bless Him. You say, how can that be? We just think for a moment when you bless someone. You say, hey, thank you for doing the shopping for me or, or, or thank you for washing my car or thank you for looking after my kids. When, when you say thank you, the person gets blessed. Maybe you've done something for someone and someone acknowledged what you did for them and they thanked you for it. Maybe it was verbally, maybe it was a gift. Maybe over Christmas time, someone gave you a gift because of what you have done for them during the last year. And they said, thank you for being such an incredible friend. Thank you for being such an incredible daughter. Thank Thank you for being such an incredible son or mom, or dad or whatever the case may be. And when you receive that thanksgiving, you, you felt blessed. You're like, wow, I've never known anyone to receive thanksgiving and feel miserable at the end of it. I mean, it's just one of those things. When you, when you receive thanksgiving, you get blessed. And the Bible says that when we give thanks to God, we bless God. If your desire is to bless God and not just have Him bless you, but you actually bless God. See, I think that's something we as Christians need to learn, that actually coming to church is not just about us blessed being blessed. We are blessed. But like I've indoctrinated our kids with from a very early age, that we've been blessed by God in order that we might be a blessing to others. And if you've come today just to be blessed, that's great. We trust that you will be blessed. But I trust that we grow and mature in 2019 and that we actually desire to come to church, not just to be blessed, but to actually start to bless God and maybe to start to bless others because we realise that we've already been blessed in incredible ways by Him. When we thank God, we can actually bless Him. And not only that, here's a really cool thought. When we praise God we not only bless God, but we teach the angels a thing or two. Who would have thought that we, mere human beings, could teach the angels a lesson? The Bible talks about angels looking intently. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, it says this, His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. In other words, God is using the church to reveal things to heavenly beings. Who would have thought that that's possible? That little old you and little old me could actually teach angelic beings a thing or two. And that's exactly what happens when it comes to praise and worship. Which is an amazing thing because angels are not novices when it comes to worship. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 8, it says, Day and night... They never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I mean, these guys are experts at praise and worship. You think, how can we teach angels? I mean, I've got to be honest, I'm not the guy that's forever saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is to come. Holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's not me, but the Bible says that's what the angels doing 24/7, just surrounding the throne of God and worshiping and praising and thanking God. And yet we can teach them something. How is that possible? You ask? I'm so glad that you asked. See, here's the difference. You ready? From the beginning of time, from creation. They have seen God. They've been in the presence of God. They've witnessed God with their own eyes. In actual fact, one of the chief worshippers, Lucifer, was an angelic being and pride crept into his heart and he didn't want to be around God anymore. He wanted to be God. And he started a rebellion in heaven and one third of the angels went with Lucifer And they were cast out of heaven. But two-thirds of the angels chose to stay. And for the first time, their praise and worship was a choice. See, we teach angels about praise when we praise out of a choice. See, we haven't seen God like the angels have seen God. How many of you have stood around the throne room of God and seen with your own eyes the glory of God? None of us in this room have ever had that privilege. But the angels have that privilege every day of their lives. And they watch intently at these beings called human beings, how they worship God when they've never even seen God. And they worship God when things don't go so well for them when they're facing trials and tribulations, we teach the angels a thing or two, what it is to praise God and what it is to worship God. Even though we've never seen Him, even though we're going through our trials, even though we're going through our tribulations, we're going to bless the Lord and we're going to praise the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our body and with all of our soul. And the angels go, what kind of praise is this? This is a whole nother level of praise. See, Lucifer couldn't live for God when there was no devil and then when there was no curse and then when there was no temptation. He fell in a perfect environment. And so we have this opportunity to live for God in an imperfect world with an enemy. And that's why the devil hates it when we praise God because it reminds him of what he lost. It reminds him of his arrogance and it reminds him of his weakness. You know, there's this incredible moment in the Old Testament in the book of Job. It's actually pronounced Job, not Job. I, I love being around new Christians. that oh, I read the Bible the other day. I love that book of Job. And really? Yeah, it reminded me I need to get a job. And that's, that's good. That's great. Fantastic. God's good. But it's actually Job. But anyway, because that, that's the guy's name. And it's about this guy, Job. And in Job chapter 1 verse 9, we see that the enemy, this fallen angel, this, this Lucifer, this Satan, has a discourse with God. It says, Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied, Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. See, the devil doesn't care about your car. He doesn't care about your home. In fact, he doesn't mind if you're incredibly blessed. He doesn't mind if you're incredibly prosperous. He's not after your home. He's not after your car. He's not after your health. What he's after is your praise. And if you can be rich and no longer praise God, He's happy. But when we praise a God that we haven't seen in times that aren't pleasant, and we continue to praise God, I want to tell you it's like a knife in the enemy's heart. And it's like an incredible lesson for the angels of heaven. This morning, very quickly, I want to look at three things that's going to help us when it comes to praising God so that we would be people that could put this teaching into practice, not just today at the beginning of this year, but right throughout the year. And the first one is simply this. Number one, remember. Everyone say remember. I'm going to keep it real simple so that we remember this. In verse two, it says, Praise the Lord and forget not. Everyone say forget not. It doesn't say forget all his benefits. It says forget not. All his benefits. When we forget the benefits, praise ceases. Many, many years ago, God called a group of people, Israel, out of Egypt back into the promised land. And they were led by a man by the name of Moses, who was a deliverer leader. And he performed some incredible miracles with the help of God. And they were released by Pharaoh to go into the desert. And there they started a journey. And it should have been an 11 day journey to get from Egypt to Israel. But this 11 day journey ended up taking 40 years because within a very short period of time of being set free from captivity out of Egypt where they were slaves, where they were just serving Pharaoh and serving the Egyptians all the days of their life, they'd been set free, but they forgot the miracles that God had done They forgot the miracles that God had seen with their own eyes and within a very short period of time, a few days in the desert, they started whinging and complaining and wanting to kill Moses. They forgot the benefits and when they forgot the benefits, they started grumbling. When we forget the benefits of God, when we forget the things that God has done in our life, it's gonna lead to us grumbling. But when we remember the good things of God, when we remember what He has done for us, when we remember the times that He's been there for us, the undeniable times when God has showed up, when we remember those things, we will continue to praise Him. Why? Because to think is to thank. You don't got nothing to thank God for. That's because you haven't stopped to think about it. That's why this January, we're having a seal pause. We're taking time out of our busy schedules and I want us to stop and think of all the incredible things I know numbers of you have written down things that you want to do differently this year. I'm going to start journaling this year. I'm not a journaler. I haven't ever been a journaler, but it's one of those disciplines I want to embrace this year and and start journaling. So it's going to help me remember. I have a pretty good memory for the things of God, but nothing is better than writing it down. So this year, I'm going to discipline myself to write down the incredible things that God has said to me, the incredible things that God has done for me, not just for me, but for our family, not just for our family, but for the church. God's doing incredible things. Psalm 103, verse three, goes on to say this. He's the one who forgives all your sins. See, the psalmist spells it out, what we need to remember. He says, remember that God is the one who forgives all your sins. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your mouth, sorry, your youth, your mouth, your youth is renewed like eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all of the oppressed. What are some of the benefits? The benefits are endless, but here are a few listed. The first one is forgiveness. Isn't it amazing that when we give our life to Christ, all of our past sins have been forgiven. All those things that you did, that you're ashamed of, that you're embarrassed about, All those things where you let people down and you let yourself down. When you give your life to Christ, He forgives us all of our sins and He remembers them no more. As Christians, let us never, ever, ever forget the fact that we have been forgiven. And He'll forgive our present sins and He'll forgive our future sins as we continue to come to Him. Let's never forget the fact that He's a God who forgives us. He's not only the God who forgives us, but He heals us. I'm grateful that I get to stand before you in 2019 because in 2016, I didn't know if I was going to make it, but here I am standing before you doing what I love doing and I thank God because God is a God who has healed my body and I know He's healed many, many other people's bodies and I'm so grateful for the healing work that takes place in people's lives. I don't know if you remember, only 18 months ago, good friends of ours, Craig and Andy Clark, came over from South Africa to be with us and to preach on the weekend. But they also brought some new friends with them new friends to Kath and I and, and they became great friends in the last 18 months, Richard and Jackie Mungovan. Uh, I don't know if you remember those guys, uh, but they've become great friends in the last 18 months. And early last year I got to be in their church for the very first time, I had an amazing time preaching in their church, spending time with their leadership team, and we just fell in love with those guys and have continued to develop that relationship. But it was on 24th of December just before their Christmas Eve service, that Jackie, the mum, was coming into church with a 12 year old daughter, Kiara. And uh, this motorcycle came out of nowhere and went at full speed straight into the side of the car and went through the windscreen and actually went straight into Kiara's body and fractured her skull and sent her into a coma. And we have a photo here of what the skull looked like and this is a horrible thing that took place only a couple of weeks ago and the next day was Christmas Day, not only was it Christmas Day, it's Richard's birthday, he has one of those birthdays that lands on Christmas Day and it was a special birthday, it was his 40th birthday, so his 40th birthday has been marked by this horrific accident which happened just outside the church. And the doctors were saying, hey, if she lives, she'll live in a vegetated state. That was pretty much the prognosis. Now, I know doctors have to cover themselves, and so sometimes they say some things, but it was not looking good. And I spoke to Richard, and I know many people around the world have given their prayer, love and support and well wishes. Thousands and thousands of people, hundreds of churches have been on board praying for this young girl. And... Day one in a coma, day two in a coma, day three in a coma. But the prayer support grew and grew and grew. The newspapers got a hold of it, put an article in the newspaper. The news got a hold of it and ran, a, ran a, an article in, on the local television. Just, just an amazing favour of God during this moment, this horrific, horrific situation. And then miracle of miracles, we have a little bit of video footage here of young Kiara, who's 12 years of age, I, I think we, there, just just miracle of miracles, this was only two days ago, walking, and then just this morning I woke up to see on Instagram a video of her speaking for the first time, where she just says hello to the world. world. (laughs) (laughs) Come's a God of healing, and I don't know what it is that you're going through. Or what it is that you're facing. But let us never, ever, ever let go of the fact that our God is a healing God. Now, you may say, I know some people who have gone to be with the Lord. And, and we've experienced that over 25 years. We've had to bury some precious, precious, dear people. Some under tragic circumstances. But this I know. God is a God who heals. And while there's life in our lungs, we need to hold on to the fact that God is a God who heals. And God is a God who does miracles. I'm just so incredibly grateful that God is a God who does good things. We stand rejoicing today with the Bruins who are about to experience the birth of their very first child, having waited for 10 years, unable to have children. God is a good God. God is an incredibly good God. Are you with me today? He loves us Isn't it amazing that we have a God who loves us unconditionally? Just think about that. His love is not like the love that we experience one to another, because often that is with conditions. Whereas God's love to us is unconditional. He just loves us. You know, he's not like Father Christmas, who, who who, you know, loves us whether we're naughty or nice. He just loves us. You know, I got three kids, and our kids haven't always been perfect, and they haven't always been nice. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes they've been downright naughty, but I tell you, I I still love them. I still love them. And we have this God who, who just loves us. He satisfies us with good things, peace, and joy. Things that the world can't buy. He renews us. He gives us energy. He gives us vision. Some of you may feel stale and tired. Hey, get in the presence of God. Let's use this January to recharge our spiritual batteries And let's go into the new year with a new vigour and a new energy. This is our 25th year as a church. 25 years in the same church is not normal. And I want to tell you, I would not be here if this was up to my own strength. There's been too many sad times. There's been too many disappointing times. But I tell you, there is something that is powerful that comes into our life when we saturate ourselves with the presence of God. And I believe God wants to do that, not just in my life, but in our life, each and every one of them. And also He frees us, verse 6. He frees us from our fears, our anxiety. I, I believe that this year we're going to see people who've been bound by fear, and depression, and anxiety, and worry, and doubt in, in a way that is unusual. I, I'm believing this year that we're going to see people set free from some of the anxious, worrisome moments in our lives as we learn to walk in the peace and the presence of God in new ways and new levels this year. When it comes to praising God, we need to remember. Everyone say remember. Remember. Secondly, we need to respond. Everyone say respond. We need to respond. The Bible says, praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. You see, praise is an inside-out job. When we are thinking godly thoughts, godly responses follow. When we are thinking godly thoughts, godly responses follow. When we're thinking about the good things that God has done, it affects every area of our lives. Praise follows when we are reflecting on the good things of God. When you're reflecting on all the good things God has done in your life, singing will follow. See, we don't say at this church, to come to this church, you have to sing. You don't have to sing. You never have to sing. But I want to tell you, when you start reflecting on and thinking about and remembering the good things God has done, I tell you, there's something There's something that just wells up on the inside of you where you just want to start singing. I saw some of the responses you know, it's not like you to come to this church, you have to cry. You don't have to cry, but you know what? When God does something beautiful and something powerful and touches a young girl's life, tears flow. I saw your tears. I saw it. It wasn't like, "Now cry, you have to do that to be part of this church. No, it's a response. So singing is a response. Lifting up hands is a response. We don't have to lift up hands to be part of this church. But I've been to the football. I went to the cricket on New Year's Eve. And you know what? When we hit a six, it was like, no one told us that we had to lift hands. No one told us that. It's just an automatic response when you're praising that which you love. And on that night, we loved a team in blue called the Adelaide Strikers and they just won the game and we lifted up holy hands and and we worshipped together. It's a response. It's a right response. When we're thinking godly thoughts, godly responses follow. You know, when it comes time to give of our finances, you don't have to give to be part of this church. But when you start thinking about all the good things that God has done in your life and you start realising the very job you have and the very money that you earn didn't come from your wisdom, didn't come from your hard work and effort. Yes, we studied and yes, we trained and and yes, we put some things in practice, but who gave us the air to breathe? Who gave us the bodies? Who gave us the mind? When you start realising it all came from God, to give back to Him just becomes a natural response. It's not something we have to do. We're not legalistically bound or this is not going to be imposed on you. This is just the right response. See, when you start thinking godly thoughts, praise is what automatically follows. See, this is what authentic praise and worship is all about. It's about proclaiming. Everyone say proclaim. It's about lifting our voice. It's about raising our voice and declaring not only who God is, but what God has done. Who is God, you say? Well, let me remind you of a few things that God is. The Bible declares that He is Almighty God. He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He is the apostle and high priest of our confession. He's the author and He's the finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and He is the end of the creation. He's the bread of life. He's the captain of the Lord of hosts. He's the chief shepherd. He's the chief cornerstone. He's the chief among 10,000. He's the desire of all the nations. He is the door. He is Emmanuel, which means God with us. He's not afar off. He's right here, right now, and He's able to save. He's able to heal. He's able to deliver in your circumstance, in your situation. He's Emmanuel. He's our everlasting Father, which means He goes on into time and eternity. He's the faithful and true witness. He's the first and He is the last, He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the friend of sinners, isn't that good to know? Any sinners out there, He's our friend, the Bible says. He's God manifest in the flesh. He's God of the whole earth. He's the great shepherd of the sheep. He's the head of the church. Where am I, where am I? He's the heir of all things. He is the great I am. He's the perfect image of God. He's Jehovah. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the Lamb of God. He's the light of the world. He's the living bread. He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Lord God Almighty. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the Shepherd and He's the Bishop of our souls. He's the Good Shepherd. He's the Son of Righteousness. He's the true vine. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is wonderful. He is Jesus Christ, the Lord of the entire universe and all of creation. Come on, let's stand, let's worship, let's honour, let's praise, let's worship Him now, come on. Amen. It's not that hard, is it? Praising God is quite easy when you just get your focus right. What you don't know is I haven't even finished my preach yet. We're just doing what Jensen Franklin would call a praise break. That's all that was. That's all that was. That's all that was. was. But here's my last point, real quick. And it also starts with R. I'm going to make it real easy to remember when it comes to praise, you've got to remember. you got to respond. And thirdly, you've just got to repeat. The first two verses of Psalm 103 tell us to praise God, not once, not even twice. But in two verses, the psalmist says three times, Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my inmost being. Praise his holy name. In case you didn't get it the third time, praise the Lord. Oh my soul. You see, praise is not a one time event, it's not a one time deal. It's like when you get married, you walk down the altar and, and uh you say your vows, and you tell your wife, your husband you love them, and that's it. It's not a one time I love you, it's not it. In your married life, you've got to say, I love you over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Praise, likewise, is not a one-off event. We're talking about a lifestyle of praise. We're talking about something that takes place in the good times. And in the bad times. And in the downright ugly times. Many of you know our good friend Fiona Hodgson. She's part of our West Campus. Having a great time down there this morning, no doubt. She had a tough 2018. I think it was her that called it 2018. It's just one of those years. That's cool. But she's believing for bigger and better things this year. But I watched her. I watched her. And if I was watching her, no doubt others were watching her. And if we were watching her, no doubt God was watching her. The angels were watching her. And in her 2018, I watched a girl that continued to praise God, to worship God, to get to church. I knew where she'd be on Sunday because she'd be in the house of God worshiping and praising God. She kept her Bible reading up and she kept praising and worshiping and honoring God. Someone once said that praise and worship means the most when you feel like it, the least. I don't know what circumstance or situation that you're going through right now. But but I believe there's a God who's in heaven. Who sees you and knows you. And he's not judging you. He's madly in love with you as we've been singing about this morning. And his greatest desire is that you would not do life alone. He sent his son some 2000 years ago to walk a sinless life, to die on a cross. For your sins, for your mistakes, where you've let yourself down and where you've let people down, so that you didn't have to do life alone anymore, that you could do life with God. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.